Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web3. Today, I'm going to be joined by Giannina Scarlett, also known as Gigi Scarlett, and we're going to talk about how to successfully launch an NFT project based on her successful launch of the Crypto Tech Women NFT project. We go into a lot of details here, and if you're thinking about starting a project, you're going to be shocked and surprised at what this guest did completely on her own. Absolutely amazing story that I think will inspire so many of you. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Giannina Scarlett. Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Giannina Scarlett. If you don't know who she is, she also goes by Gigi, and she's a software engineer. She's also the founder and CEO of CryptoTech Women, a community designed to empower women to succeed in Web3. Gigi, super excited to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, today, Gigi and I are going to explore how to successfully launch an NFT project based on her experience with her project. But before we go there... I would love to hear your story. Start wherever you wanted to start. How'd you get into NFTs? How'd you get into crypto? Yeah, so I'm going to go with a little bit of my story. For my background, I'm from Venezuela. I'm Latina. And I got into tech actually at 16. I started coding just for fun. I really just got an online and I just learned how to code. And that was kind of the start to that. If you live in you know, any Latin country, you know, that software engineering is not something that is usually taught or talked about, especially for women. So I didn't really get into coding way later in life in 2017. All that year, I just kept coding in private. It was for fun. I actually didn't even know I was coding. I was just building things. And I always thought it was the best thing in the world. And for my profession, I did a lot of things relating to customer service and management. So all this time I could have been coding, didn't really get to do that, moved to LA, found out that actually coding is a thing that I can do. It's something that women are actually doing here. And I got excited about it, joined a coding bootcamp. And after seven months of a very intensive program to learn how to code, I got a job in Silicon Valley working for a company called Forthought. Um, building products and overall loving it because um, I was doing what I wanted to do, which was, you know, work in tech and build things that excite me. Real quick question on what kind of developer slash coder were you? Because that's such a huge category. Were you like a 
I don't even want to guess because I'm not super techie, but what kind of developer or coder were you? I'm a full stack engineer, but with my previous company, Forethought, I was their founding front end engineer. So my main goal was building the UI and interactions for all the products that we were building. Also growing the team. Very fascinating. So you grew up in Venezuela at the age of 16, self-taught yourself coding, and then you moved to LA and you started coding and working for uh, startups, it sounds like, or existing companies up in, up in the Bay Area, Northern California. Continue with the story. How did you eventually get into crypto and NFTs? I would love to hear that part of the story. That year, same year, 2017, I was in the Affiliate Summit West in Vegas with my friends. And they dragged me to this conference um, that someone was speaking at, one of our friends. It turned out that was a crypto conference. So that was my first time actually even... I had heard about Bitcoin, Ethereum, all of the coins because my friends were involved. But I personally never had anyone say, hey, come here, like buy this. So after going to that conference, it was really amazing because I really learned about the use cases that tokens could have and also how to invest in tokens. And that was my first exposure into this world. So at this time, I'm an engineer. I'm building my products. I'm also working you know, on buying some things. I'm not a trader, so I'm, I'm a holder. Fast forward to last year, I started hearing about NFTs. So at this point, I'm still at my company. I'm actually building my social presence on Instagram, trying to motivate women and kind of just like minorities to get into tech, talking about coding and non, non-technical jobs, basically, that are still in the tech field. And that has been my whole mission during the last two years. I hear about NFTs. I send it to a friend who's part of that group that I went to the conference with in 2017 for crypto. And I say, hey, this looks promising. You should check it out. So send it to him. And I continue doing my thing. At that time, I'm, I'm super busy building things. I have no time. But I, I, I knew that if there was something, he would come back to me and say, hey, maybe you should look into this as well. Real quick question. What, do you remember what the NFT project was that you were looking into back then? It was a project that was launched by a 12-year-old. It was a Will project. Oh. Yeah. So this boy was able to sell out a collection of Wills through some help. And that's all that I knew. And I knew he made millions. And I was like, this is very interesting that a 12-year-old could do this. Wow. (laughs) Insane. So that's when I sent it to him. I didn't hear back. um, And then I saw Gary Vee talking about it. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee. So at that time, I'm just listening to podcasts about NFTs mainly and social tokens while I'm at the gym. Eventually, my friend gets back to me, says, hey, I want to learn how to code. This is really interesting because this is someone who has never want to learn how to code. Anyway, long story short, he's interested in building a play turn game, wants to learn Solidity, and he wants me to try out a course with him just to see if that course was friendly for non-engineers and how long it would take him to build it versus myself. So we go through this journey of learning how to code Solidity with CryptoZombies.io. You can find that online. It's a very fun gamified course. You're basically building zombies that get to eat crypto kitties. So you're building ERC721 tokens. Can you just explain to people that may not understand what Solidity is, why that is important? Yeah, definitely. So Solidity is the language that we use to build contracts. Basically, contracts are what is known as non-fungible tokens or NFTs. So in the background, you see an NFT, which is could be art, could be music, could be whatever you want it to be. But in the background, 
the code is called Solidity. It's a programming language to build contracts. So he was probably in the same place as many of you saying, what is this? <laughs> so he said, hey, I want to just know if someone with a coding background will finish faster. We went through it. He quit. <laughs> I kept going because it was so fun. So for me, building this was a real eye opener of Web3 because at the time I knew about NFTs and that was all that I knew. I didn't know they were ERC721 tokens. I just knew it was some piece of art. So that was kind of my introduction into Web3 was building a contract and then realizing, wow, the power that this technology has to not only be art, but be whatever you want it to be. So you built your first smart contract. Somewhere along the line, you decided you wanted to launch an NFT project. So tell us what happened there. Yeah. So basically what happened was I finished this really, really, really long course. I did not know what I was getting myself into. But I was so passionate about it. I would do it before work or after work. And after I got done, I talked to my friend. I was like, hey, yeah, like he quit. He's like definitely not like friendly for beginners, but he wanted to know more about like what I wanted to do with it. And I actually had no idea what to do with it. Like I was excited, but I was just fully focused with my job. And then eventually I talked to him and he said, hey, you should build that Instagram community that you have with GG Codes which is my very nerdy Instagram that talks about tech and bring it over to NFTs. And I'm like, mm, maybe that sounds interesting. Talk to a different friend, told her the same thing. She said the same thing. So basically I talked to three people or four and they all said, you should bring that community into the NFT space. So after four people had told me the same thing, that's when I became intrigued and started reading into the ways that I could actually come into the space and do something different and make something that I'm passionate about. And that's basically how Crypto Tech Women started. So for those that want to follow the Instagram, GG is actually G-I-G-I. -I. Is it G-I-G-I -I codes? Is that how they can find you on Instagram? It's G-I-G-I -I underscore codes. Underscore codes. Okay. So you built the Crypto Tech Women NFT project. I found out about this from Brian Fanzo. I got in before the art reveal, but I didn't get in on the mint and I, I have two of them. And it's fascinating to actually get you on the show because you have successfully launched an NFT project. Just kind of give us the quick today, where are you at with the community and everything? What's going on with the project? And then we'll get into some of the questions that I have. Yeah, definitely. So where we are at now is I think we're three months post-launch. We launched on February 26th. And where we're at now is we have NFT NYC coming up. So we're going to be doing a fun party there for our utility. So a few of the things is Crypto Tech Women is a community for all, not only for women, also for men, non-binary. Um, it's a community focused on education in Web3. So we do want to do the fun stuff. But for me, one thing that was obvious was the lack of education in the space and the need for me to bring over more learners, more builders, more creators through education. So beyond from just parties, we also do master classes. We do them every three weeks. And currently I'm building an educational platform. It's a Web 3.0, but mainly I always stress about Web 3 is built on top of Web 2, right? So there's a lot of things that you're going to find in this educational platform that you can find in any Web 2 platform, like going from coding to marketing and just bridging it over to Web 3. So that is something I'm really excited about right now. Well, I am very excited. How many NFTs did you sell in your collection? You know, off the top of your head? 8,888. And how many holders do you have? 
4,000. So your average person has about two NFTs is what it sounds like on average. Very cool. And by the way, are you still working that other job or did you give it up? And is this your full-time gig or what's going on with that? Yeah, sadly, I had to give it up. At the time I was leading a product and honestly, working at a startup is amazing. You get so much out of it, but it is time consuming. It was a very sad call because I'm very passionate about both companies. I am definitely bullish on what they're building, but I, I had to, after the mint, it was very clear I couldn't do both. <laughs> well, that's good. It means you're all in on this new project, right? Which is very, very exciting. Okay. Well, there's plenty of people listening right now who are either aspirational or entrepreneurs that are listening right now. Like when I say aspirational, they could be people working in a corporate job like you were working in who want to do what you've done. Or there could be creators who want to build something with an NFT project, or they could be working for a business right now as the owner of the business, or maybe just even in the marketing department. But specifically for those who are aspirational or entrepreneurial, why do you think launching NFTs is something they should consider? From your experience, what do you want to say to them that are skeptic maybe about something like this? First of all, there's a lot of opportunity in the Web3 space. And I do think anyone can launch an NFT project this day. It's more about what are you launching? What is the purpose? And for entrepreneurs out there, it could be a marketing boost, right? You might be launching a project that will serve as marketing for maybe an existing company that you have. It could be just token gating your community, which we can see this in Web2 when people need to have a subscription to a product. When you think about an NFT, you could do that as well. You could have an NFT that acts as a subscription to your product, to your content. I think that the reason why to launch an NFT project is more about why not. At the end of the day, it is a business. So it's not just a project that you're going to do, but it can serve you in many ways. If you're a creator, kind of token getting your community and being able to serve them. Exactly the people that you know are out there supporting you. It's an easier way to contact them as there's a easier way to reach, right? Like in Web3, and this is a whole other topic, you have something called Discord. So on Discord, it's a very easy way to have contact with your community and get quick answers to maybe things that you're thinking on while you're building. So honestly, the answer to that is why not? Just make sure that you have a clear purpose on why you should launch this and what is the goal of launching this. Well, and I think that one of the things that I've heard from a lot of people that I've interviewed is one of the big advantages to launching an NFT project is the residual revenue that can come through the resales, right? Because, you know, when you normally sell a product, it's sold and it's done. But now with NFTs, somebody could sell the NFT if they're not finding utility in it anymore. And every time that sells, even if it's less or more than it sold for originally, you're going to get your creator fee, right? Which is kind of an ongoing potential residual revenue that you can use to fund the business. Has that been your case as well? Yeah, definitely. I think that is also one of the advantages of NFTs. And we see, you know, a straight comparison is traditional art or even that example with the membership. You create art, you sell it, the art keeps selling, you get nothing from it. But in the NFT space, you can write into that contract I mentioned, what is the percentage that you want? So there is no right or wrong answers. You can have it as low or high as you want. And that just means that for perpetuity, sorry for my accent. In perpetuity. Perpetuity. There we go. Perpetuity, you will be getting whatever is that royalty fee. So that is also an insane advantage to have a revenue way into your business. 
You had something unique that probably was instrumental to your success, which is that you had people tell you, hey, you've got this community you've developed over there on Instagram. And I would imagine that was really instrumental to your success. What I would love to talk about is what does my audience need to know specifically about building a community? Because clearly you had a community, you have a community, and that was really important for you to be able to successfully launch your NFT project. So can you talk a little bit about Give us some tips and advice on what we should do when it comes to community development. Definitely. And I will actually say I did not use my previous community for this NFT launch. Really? Wow. Yep, I did not. So Web2, as we may know, kind of has a gate around Web3 right now. Like some people, especially in tech, maybe don't believe in it. I just wanted to create something new, refresh who I am and come in and just create something I loved. So coming in, I didn't really have any Twitter presence. So, oh, actually, if you're not on Twitter and you're trying to come into Web3, first thing you have to do is sign back up because everything on Twitter is NFT, not Instagram yet, um, not TikTok, Twitter. Why do you think that is? Why do you think Twitter is the platform that everybody seems to have adopted over the other platforms? Yeah, I think it's the way that we serve the content on Twitter. Twitter, we have a lot of writing content. So it's important for people that are developing maybe like threads of information. They may not want to do a whole art, right? Like you don't want to build a graphic posted on Instagram. I think we are going to see that right now. That's not the case. So it, it's been an easier way to access the community through Twitter with your written thoughts versus Instagram, where you have the effort of developing an, a graphic. Maybe you're limited in some ways on what people get to see. Instagram, I think, is primarily video and image content. I think now they're even prioritizing Reels more, which will be amazing to tap in into NFTs through Reels. But the main community right now is on Twitter. And I, if I could throw a couple more thoughts in there from my experience with Social Media Examiner, Twitter is the only platform, social platform, where you can turn the bell on and be guaranteed to get notified every time that someone like you tweets. Right. And that's really important when you're following a project and you don't want to miss any updates. Right. You'll get those notifications on your phone. In addition, Twitter spaces is kind of a big deal, right? Because you can create live audio rooms and then people can come to them and then afterwards they can play it back. And those very same people will also get notified. So you don't find that on Facebook. You don't find that on Instagram. You don't find that on LinkedIn because the algorithms will repress the information where on Twitter, that's not the case. In fact, Twitter is the only platform right now at least, that allows you to change your profile picture to a certified version of your profile picture NFT project, right? Instagram is coming, but Twitter seems to have been an early adopter into the crypto world, and it's kind of the lead public social platform, which is a big deal. So just wanted to throw my thoughts in on there. What else do we need to know about community development outside of having a presence on Twitter? Definitely start with your presence on Twitter. I always say when you... and. This is a no-brainer. Figure out who your audience is, right? So who is your audience? What do they like? Who do they follow? And start creating a strategy around it. So for me with Crypto Tech Women, my audience is people that want to be in tech. They maybe are in tech. They are traders. They're in NFTs. Whatever it is, it's a tech audience. Crypto Tech Women, obviously, uh, it's built to support women. So tapping into the women in the space was also very important. So first thing was create a Twitter. Second thing, create a Discord. Maybe you don't know what that is yet. It's really important for your community as, as of now. This hopefully will age and you might not need it, but as of now you do. 
Yeah, we've covered Discord pretty extensively on this podcast, but what's great about Discord is you can eventually token gate access to certain parts of Discord, which I would imagine is part of the reason why you're using Discord, right? Yeah, definitely. It's a great way to have every public be in the nose of what's happening, but it's also important that you're able to token gate even the entire Discord if you want. So only the holders or the members of your NFT are the ones that would be able to join that's obviously a huge advantage. You can't do that with Slack. You can't really do that anywhere else as of now. So Discord has been really instrumental for this. Um, so going from there, build your Twitter, build your Discord, build your audience, who they are. Now, my first thing was kind of following the NFT hashtag just to see who were the leaders in the space, who are the people that I should know, get to learn from, and possibly partner with. So start there. Whatever it is that you're doing, the really good thing about the Web3 space is that it's not transactional. So there's a lot of collaboration happening. And I think as soon as you start building your profile, determining your why, and making sure that you're voicing this on Twitter, it will be very easy to start working with other leaders in the space that if they align with your goal, they will support you. And that actually has been my experience with Web3. Everyone is insanely supportive. If you have a good mission, they will want to partner with you. And even if you don't have a good mission, you have a cool mission, a cool concept, that is also a no-brainer. So I think just find who are the leaders in the space that you can partner with and find ways that you can incentivize the community to want to be there. So that is a difference from Web 2 to Web 3. Web 3 is around community, right? So it's not what the community can do for you. It's what you can do for them. So that I would say, keep that in mind as you go through, um, bring in good experiences. So things that they want to do based on whatever is your, your industry. If you're maybe launching a project that focuses, as an example, on concerts, maybe raffle concert tickets out for them. The main thing is make sure that you're not asking them to buy something from you without giving anything in return or show why should they even buy that from you. I have a couple of questions. You set up a brand new well, actually, it sounds like you didn't have a Twitter account until you were ready to launch this project, right? So did you set up a Twitter account for your personal brand or did you set it up for the NFT project? I'm just curious. I did both. And then I realized I was doing everything myself. So just to add that there, I realized I couldn't handle building both. So I started just building full in on my project. Obviously, I have my own so people could see who was the person behind it. But everything I was doing was kind of building the relationships through myself and my project CryptoTech Women. How long did it take you to build that up to a point before launch? Like how many months in advance in preparation for launch were you doing all this stuff that we've been talking about? Yeah, I think it depends. So I will say this. I've seen projects that launch within one month of building a Twitter and building their community. For me, I am a perfectionist and I really wanted to make sure that I was building something exciting and that I had the audience there. So I started building my presence on Twitter on September last year, like CryptoTech Women's and myself. I would say the goal was to launch by December. And then I just kept going. I just wanted more people in the Discord, more people in the Twitter. And I didn't launch until February. I will say, don't make it last this long. I had the whole community asking for me to release this. By December. So I would say one, two, three months, obviously make sure that you have a community because I've also seen failures when someone just creates something, they don't have the demand and you drop something. And if you have 10,000 pieces, but you only have 2000 supporters, you can see how the math will add up. 
but don't take too long. Definitely build something fun and just just be ready. I don't think there's ever a time you're going to feel 100% prepared to drop something, but listen to what your community is saying and kind of measure from there. Whatever is your goal, if your goal is a five minutes sold out or if your goal is a slow mint, either are fine. Okay. A couple more questions. Do you remember how big your Discord and Twitter was when you launched? Yes. And I will preface by saying that I always heard that before your launch is when you will get the most people joining and the most hype. So maybe the chat is slow while the time is still not close. For me, I was just thinking, okay, that means there's something wrong. But after I set a date, which I set the date maybe three weeks before, that was when I saw the most growth. And at that point, I already had 20,000 people in my Discord and probably like 15 to 20,000 on Twitter. Wow. Excellent. Okay. Um, I would love to hear about the collaboration stuff because I think people would find that very interesting. Was that really instrumental, you think, in growing your community? If so, tell us a little bit about how you did that. Yeah, definitely. I will say instrumental for growing the community. Something you mentioned is the Twitter spaces. Twitter spaces with collaborations is a great way to tap into communities that you already know love something similar to yours. So for me, I was super lucky. I got to do some collaborations with Crypto Chicks, with Boss Beauties, with, oh my God, so many women kind of projects out there because we align with the mission. We both have similar goals, but even, and it's the cool thing about Web3, it was not seen as a competition. It was seen like, hey, you're building something cool as well. Our audience would actually enjoy this. Can we get some pre-sale spots? So in terms of collaborations in Web3, the main things I did was give out pre-sale spots to other communities. Explain what that is to people that don't know what that means. So a pre-sale spot, basically when you do a project, you don't have to, but some people do a reserved list. So this reserved list are people that will get into buying before the public sale goes live. So for us, we did 3,000 spots, which is a lot, but we just work with so many communities. We wanted to make sure that everyone could get some. And we did like women and weapons, fame ladies. We did a lot, (laughs) but I think collaboration was the main reason that we were successful. So find those communities that align with you. And there are so many ways to collaborate. I think now at the point we're at, pre-sale spots are not enough to collaborate. Find ways to do AMAs with other communities. Twitter spaces are a lot, but they are everything. So find the Twitter spaces you can join as a speaker to talk about what you're building, about your background, about the reason why you're building something. So people get to hear your story and hopefully join your community, join your Discord, want to learn more about you. So Twitter spaces, obviously pre-sale spots if you're going that route, and find ways to do things in real life too. Pre-sale spots, I've also heard them called whitelist and allow list. Is it kind of all the same concept? Is that what we're talking about, or is it something totally different? Yeah, it's the same concept. So basically, the word whitelist was removed from Web3 because of the nature of it. And then they got into allow list, pre-sale spot, but it's basically all the same concept. So were you using a raffle, or what were you using? Were you using pre-mint? Like, how did you actually technically pull off that or did you just have a google form where people would put their wallet addresses in it like how do you do that yeah so there's lots of ways you can do it with premen you can do it with google forms you can just give a community you can say hey have 30 spots and then gather the addresses that you need to put into the back end your engineer will definitely know what this means and then from there you can do it however you want okay cool 
As you were developing out your value for the community, what were you doing? I'm just curious because you said you started in September and then you launched it, in, I think, in February or something like that, right? So you had like five or six months that you were doing. How were you keeping your community engaged? Like, what were you doing to make sure that they didn't like lose interest in your project? Yeah. So actually really funny about Web3 is people like games. So with our community, we were doing lots of games and then as an example, we would do trivia games and then we would include prices at the end. So every week we're doing like three trivia games or any type of game. We would always include prices and then within them, we would also um, talk about our project. So within the trivia, we would do geography trivia with five bonus questions. And then those would be all regarding ourselves. Were you doing that on Discord or were you doing that on Twitter? Discord on Twitter as well. So I think for us, and I'm trying to kind of think back to it, I think there was a lot of games involved, lots of Twitter spaces. Every week, I can tell you I was doing four or five. Some days I would do three in a day. Wow. Were you doing your own Twitter spaces or were these collabs or what were you doing exactly? All of it. And so I had two Twitter spaces a week that we would host. And then I would just jump on a lot of other spaces, a lot of podcasts. It was and actually, the community was super excited about those. So anytime you would get to speak about what you're building, they will go there and support you because they want to see this come into fruition. They would share it with their friends. So I think, honestly, main strategy was kind of like working with collaboration across communities, Twitter spaces, and games. And somehow they managed to be there for that long <laughs> with just that. That's crazy. And you were doing all this yourself. And I was doing all of this myself until about three weeks before our mint. But I will say, they get some moderators. So when you have your Discord, as I'm sure you've already talked about, get yourself some moderators. Because maybe in the beginning, you could do some of it. But as the interactions grow and the activity grows in your Discord, it's impossible for you to do it all. So I did get some moderators early on. And that helped a lot. But as team members building things, I was on my own and I don't recommend that. I definitely think you should find a team. And were you still working that other job and doing all this stuff? Yep. I mean, that's crazy. You are a superhero. <laughs> okay. I want to ask you, in hindsight, given what you've done and now that you're far more experienced with this NFT launch cycle, is there something in hindsight that you would have done differently if you were to do it again? based on maybe the things you've seen along the way and learned? Yeah, I mean, I will definitely say one of the things is don't take too long to launch. I took way too long and I'm very happy with the outcome. You know, we sold out within the first day of our public sale, which is amazing. And I got to build so many amazing relationships with members, with other communities, which I'm actually so happy for. I go to NFT events and I have friends there. And it was all through building all of this for that long. But I actually, I saw many projects that came in, built in one, two, three months and launched. So I think that's one of the things I wouldn't have taken maybe five months to build something. I should have trust my intuition more and just maybe launch at the three month period, not wait that long, but it was still okay. So definitely don't take too long to build. Find a team that can support you. That is a big one because I definitely was doing both jobs. And if anyone works at a startup, you know that it's not a nine to five, it's 12 hour a day sometimes. So it was really, really hard to not be burned out by the end of it because I was doing way too much. So definitely find a team. I will also say something that I did and that I recommend everyone to do is to like find people that are smarter than you. 
So you're coming into a new industry. There's going to be people that know way more than you, no matter their age. I met with some people that, you know, I'm 26, actually. And I met with some people that are two years younger than me. But their intellect into the Web3 space really helped me understand what I was building. First thing is network. And one thing that a few of us say in the Web3 space is that your network is your net worth in Web3. You can't do this by yourself. So find those that can maybe guide you, find advisors, find people that can help you get to where you want to be because doing it alone will be really, really hard. I think those are really good ones. See, what else? Find meaningful partnerships. So we did talk about the partnerships and something now with the new kind of like industry now is that pre-sale spots are not enough. So find ways that you can do even more. Maybe do like a free mint, which could be something you can do based on your contract. Something that we're doing with CryptoTech Women is that with communities that want to collaborate with us, they do a masterclass for us. And during this masterclass, it's a great opportunity for them to talk about, you know, their knowledge, their project, and give something to people. So those members that get to see, for example, we had Coco from Stardust do a generative layer masterclass on how to build a profile picture project. Members that get to see that are going to say, wow, like this girl, she knows what she's doing. She's building her project. Maybe they liked her. I'm going to join in. So find meaningful partnerships that can help elevate your presence and your project as well and give back to others. That is so cool. All right. Since you're technical, well, I'm not going to go super technical here, but I want to, I want to go back to before you launched, there are a lot of complexities. It seems at first blush when it comes to creating an NFT project, how did you go about actually creating the project? I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about how you launched it, which I think is super, super valuable to the community. For example, you talked about how your why was really important. Like talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about why developing your why is so important. And then any other tips that you have as far as like the early stages of like developing the project. I think the early stages are the most important one. So definitely, we should definitely talk about that. So developing the why, it's really important because it's going to allow you to know who is your target audience, everything, right? From what do they like from their age to can they even buy this? Are they even on Twitter? Do they care about NFTs? So beyond your audience, it's also important to have a mission or like for me, it was important to have my mission. Why am I doing this? Because it's not easy, right? Like you're building a company. It's not something that you just do one day and forget the next. So it was important for me to build a why, but it was also important to be able to communicate with my target audience through the why. Because you can launch a project and you can invest hundreds of millions of dollars in marketing and make sure that so many people buy it and so many people see it based on the marketing push that you're doing. But it's very different to have a project that people align with the mission and they kind of want to do that together with you. So that's like the difference in Web3 is kind of like they are there doing it with you. They're recommending it to their friends friends, they want to build. And it's a whole different topic, but like you have DAOs, which is an even deeper level of this, where people really want to work as a collective to bring this to fruition. The why it's really important to be able to communicate to your audience why they should be here. It's important for you to stay motivated and make sure that you're passionate about what you're building. It's important to know your target audience. Moving from there, there's the other hard work (laughs) because everything is kind of like, Hard work and exciting work. If you're going to build a profile picture project or an art project and you're not a designer, which is my case, I wasn't a designer. 
I had to go find a designer. So for me, because I really am a crypto tech woman, I, if you see our profile picture project is women in front of their computers. So I had this vision already. So it was easy to lead the creative direction. And actually for mine, I picked every single thing, every piece of trait and traits are the things that categorize uh, NFT. So for us, it's hair, eyes, clothing, sunglasses, lips, earrings, necklaces. Skin color as well, right? Skin color as well. So everything you see was actually picked by me and then created by the artist. This is not always the case. You could work with an artist that has their own vision and you could do this in collaboration with them. But at least for me, the way I did it was I found an agency because I didn't know any artists that could help me. So I found an agency. They had already worked with other NFT projects, which was really great because they understood the work that I didn't know that it took. And then we went from there. So they're building the art while I'm building everything else. So it was developing the why, finding the artists. How long does it take, just out of curiosity, let's say that, First of all, it's great to know that there's agencies out there that specialize in developing generative art, right? Because this, every one of yours is different. That makes it a little bit more complex because you're talking about 8,888 different designs that they had to do, right? They had templates, obviously, but still, how long did it take them to generate all that art? And did it need to be done by launch date? Or was there plenty of time after launch before reveal that you could still have them working on that art? Yeah, so you can do either. So for me, it was very different we were kind of getting to the time of launch to get everything done. I think we had like over 300 or 400 unique traits and those unique traits will create 8,888 with a, I did it with that computer algorithm that we built to say like what goes on what and maybe what doesn't go together. For us, it was pretty close to launch day when we were finalizing all the traits just because our, the team I hired, I mean, one of all, it's, there was a lot to do. They were also based in a country that had a lot of festivities. So there were a lot of holidays involved. I definitely recommend having everything at least two weeks before launch, minimum. <laughs> I would say like three weeks to one month is the best to make sure that you can catch anything that may come before the launch. But it goes from finding the artist, then building the contract, the website. Definitely build a website first everyone's going to ask you for that as soon as you want to collaborate with someone. So build your website. Your website should have all the information about your project with a roadmap or a sales milestone if you want to have one. Not necessary, but it definitely helps people understand what are you committing to do um, if they buy this. And teams. There are teams that are not docs, which means their identity is not known. I would say this is a harder route to go to based on a lot of things that have happened um, through teams that are not docs. So if you are someone who you're not afraid to put yourself in front of everyone, definitely link your Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, anything that you can for people to see what team are they kind of like betting on, right? Because at the end of the day, they're betting on your project and your team. Next step, smart contracts. Find a Solidity engineer that can help you build the contract for your launch. Now, that was probably you, right, this time around, or did you hire someone? So I was leading all of the technical decisions, but I actually needed to hire a team because I couldn't really do it all. So I did hire two engineers that worked with me to build out the smart contract, the backend, 
and the image generation. How long of a period of time do people need to think about allocating for that side of the project? Because I would imagine that could be, I can imagine scenarios where these developers are in rare supply and they've got a lot of projects going on and stuff gets pushed, right? Sometimes? Yeah, so there's actually so much demand for engineers right now. So definitely try to find some, but I will say I know some engineers that are super engineers and can get it done in two days. There's a big prize for it if it gets done in two days because they're basically not sleeping. They can definitely do it in in less than one week. It just depends on what things they have in the backlog because right now there's so much demand for engineers that they were probably working on a few other things. But I think that's the first thing you should get done. I will say this, that's the most important piece. But you can allocate even one month as max and you should find someone that can do it in less. Well, and I think it's important for people to understand that once the NFT project is launched, you can't change the smart contract, right? So it's fixed. You got to get it right from the beginning or you could potentially screw up the project, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I think something important to note is that the smart contract lives in the blockchain. So anyone can see it. Just putting that out there, everyone will be able to see what are you doing with this contract. And this is actually great because this can allow you to not fall into scams. Obviously, not everyone knows how to read a contract, but luckily there are people who are reading the contracts and actually telling the community, hey, this might be not a good project. They might be doing something fishy based on what we can see. So the contracts are something that everyone can see. There's a page called Etherscan. You can go in there, see everything that you're doing in the methods, read your contract. So based on this, I would say don't launch your contract early. For me, I launched the contract the day before the mint to make sure no one could find a way to explode it. Also make sure your engineers are checking that for you. But the way that it goes is that they will build something to test on the testnet, which is similar to mainnet. Mainnet is where it will be deployed for your sale. Testnet is to test that everything works before the sale. So very important step that make sure no one misses. Yeah, so developing your why, artists, Website, which for you, if you can build a website, but I will say Webflow is a great way to get a website going. There are templates on there, $20, build it yourself, and then find your engineer that can build your smart contract. And while you're doing all of this, be building your community, build your brand. At the end of the day, a NFT project is a brand. Maybe you already have a brand, so maybe it's an extension of your own brand already. Maybe something new. So make sure that you're creating your brand your profiles and everything that you're doing correctly to set you up correctly for that mint that you will have. Wow. Is all I can say. You are a fountain of information and insights and knowledge. Giannina Scarlett, also known as Gigi. Thank you so much for your insights. There's going to be people that are going to want to check out crypto tech women. Where do they find it? Where do they find you on the social platforms? If there's a preference, where do you want to send everybody? Yeah, so definitely check out Crypto Tech Women. You can find us on our website, CryptoTechWomenNFT.com. If you do have a Crypto Tech Women, there's a little button that says View Masterclasses. You can go in, view the masterclass that we've been doing. Um, you can find us on Twitter as Crypto Tech Women, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. And then you can find me as Giannina Scarlett, basically my name that's on here, all together on Twitter. And then on Instagram, you can find me as Gigi underscore codes. Well, Gigi, again, thank you so much for answering all my questions. This has been one of my favorite episodes so far. You're amazing. <laughs> thank you, Michael. It's been a pleasure being here and I hope to see you soon again. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash C 
27, the letter C, the number 27. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. And by the way, let your friends know about this show if you've been a longtime listener. I am at Stelzner on Instagram, at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. May Web3 continue to change your world. The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. The information provided in the Crypto Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.